Um, so last week, uh, Paul, Pastor Paul started our series on pathways, and we compared notes a bit, so I'm aware, hopefully, of, of some of what he said, because I'm going to refer back to it, and if he didn't say it, then I apologize. Um, so, but we compared notes a little bit, so as far as I know, he said some of this stuff. Um, but last week, we talked about the, the, the fact that the Bible talks a lot about pathways, so pathways being both physical journeys that people, God's people took in the Bible, but also um, it's more about the course of our life. When the Bible talks about pathways, it's talking about the course of our lives. And if our lives are going to take a healthy course, then we're going to have to make wise choices. I mean, parent to teenage sons, boys, make wise choices. Yeah, okay, Dad. So here's my, here's my um, guidance to you, boys. Uh, we know that, Dad, already. Don't teenagers like know everything? I mean, there's a few teenagers in the room. But you know everything, don't you? And it's really good that you do, but listen to your parents as well. And especially listen to your pastors, because they know everything. <laughs> so anyway, wisdom. We need, we need wisdom to make wise choices. Uh, God's wisdom to, to make wise choices in life. Um, when we speak about God's path for our lives, um, so last week, Pastor Paul spoke about the fact that we're talking about two paths, really. We're talking about the path of righteousness. In other words, living in the ways of God's kingdom, taking that path. Uh, But we're also talking about God's specific path for our lives. And next week, Dan Webb is going to be talking about taking God's specific path for our lives. And I have to say, he knows a thing or two about that. Um, And he's taken, made some bold choices and made some wise decisions in order to, to get his feet um, on God's specific path for his life and for his family as well. So, so look forward to that and make sure you bring other people to hear about what Dan's got to say next week. Um, but this week I'm going to talk more about um, walking in the ways of God's kingdom. Um, if we're going to walk in the ways of God's kingdom, we've got to know the ways of God's kingdom. If we're going to take the path of righteousness, of right living, then we have to know what that looks like. So we're going to talk a little bit about that today. But first of all, when you put your faith in Jesus for salvation, when you said yes to Jesus, you were instantly given access to that path of righteousness, of, of living the way that God wants humanity to live. Um, and, and it's really clearly laid out in the Bible um, how God wants his creation to live. Um, when you put your faith in Jesus, so what happened at that point? So you heard the gospel, the good news of Jesus, that Jesus came to this earth. He took the sin of mankind upon himself. He died on the cross to take the punishment on behalf of mankind for the sin of mankind. And um, which means that you are free of all sin, of everything that once separated you from God. Literally, by putting your faith in Jesus, you are free from sin. You are free from all that ugly stuff that once separated you from God. And not only that, you've always been loved by God, but now you can experience the love of God because there is nothing that separates you from Him. And, and that is such a wonderful thing to know. And I, I don't understand, really, um, I couldn't work out what the meaning of life would be without relationship with God. Um, for me, it's everything. Um, and not only that, on the third day, Jesus rose from the dead um, to prove that there is life that goes beyond the grave. Um, that was one of the main purposes for Jesus rising. Um, that he, he conquered 
sin. He conquered death. And he shows us that there is a heavenly home for us, awaiting us. Um, and all you have to do to access that life in this, on this earth and beyond with God is to put your faith in Jesus. So I encourage you, if you've never done that, today's your day. You can just make a simple decision in your heart. I believe in you, Jesus. So you become a child of God. You become not just loved by God, but able to to experience and receive God's love in your life. You're a citizen of heaven. The moment you put your faith in Christ, you become a citizen of heaven. You haven't actually reached your final destination of heaven yet. Um, You're still living on earth, but you are a citizen of God's heavenly kingdom. You're not any longer of this world, even though you live in this world. Um, And this world isn't all bad. There's some great things, but there's a lot of ugliness about this world as well. And I'm glad that heaven is a place of perfection. I'm glad that heaven is a place where all the stuff that causes suffering and pain and fear and heartache, all of that drops away and we get to experience um, this eternal home with God in heaven. Um, We're not just citizens of heaven, though. We're representatives of of the heavenly kingdom. We're representatives of God's kingdom while we live on this earth. And we have a job to do. There are a lot of people around us who don't, haven't yet experienced God's kingdom. And our job is to take God's kingdom to other people. Um, it's one of the, the greatest callings upon any person's life. If you're wondering what your purpose is in life, then that is one of your purposes in life, is to simply be a great representative of God's kingdom to the people around you. <laughs> Um, to take his heavenly kingdom to others, to shine his light in the lives of other people who may be at this time living in darkness and are lost. So if we're going to represent God's kingdom well, we have to know about his kingdom, we have to know what it looks like, and we have to live in the ways of God's kingdom. And that's taking the path of righteousness, of right living, of, of living God's way. Now, last week, I think, Pastor Paul would have looked at Deuteronomy chapter 30. Can you remember? Got your notes from last week? So he looked at, I think he looked at Deuteronomy chapter 30. Right, okay, thank you. Um, And God is imploring his people, that's right, to take the path of righteousness that leads to life. God's imploring his people. He's exhorting his people. He's saying, come on, this is the way that I want you to go. And why is God saying this? He's saying it not because it, it kind of does him good, Although it does because it keeps us really close to him. But actually it does us good. When we live God's ways, we're living the way that we as human beings were meant to live. That, that we were designed to live. And, and we live the most fulfilling life. We live a life that um, brings blessing um, be, simply because we're living according to, to God's blueprint. The way that he designed things. Um, so when you make choices that keep you on the path of right living... It will be a great benefit to you personally. And this is what it says in Deuteronomy 30. We're just going to read those last two verses that we looked at last week. Verses 19 to 20. It says, Today I have given you the choice between life and death, between blessings and curses. Now I call on heaven and earth to witness the choice that you you make. Oh, that you would choose life. What's God say? Oh, oh, like... He's imploring us here. Oh, that you would choose life so that you and your descendants might live. You can make this choice by loving the Lord your God 
obeying him and committing yourself firmly to him. This is the key to your life. It goes on, but we'll stop there. Oh, that you would choose life. The heart of God for us people, us humans, his children, is oh, that you would choose life. Oh, that you would, I mean, for every human being, that you would choose Jesus. Because when you choose Jesus, you choose a path that leads to eternal life. But more than that, that we, as we live as Christians, that we would make choices that keep us on God's path of of righteousness. And God wholeheartedly wants us to take this path because it leads us to a blessed, a flourishing, and abundant life. Matthew 6, verses 31 to 33. You get, always get a little bit of a Bible study with me. I think probably with Paul as well. Um, so don't worry about these things saying... So this is Matthew six thirty-one to 33. So don't worry about these things saying, What will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. But your heavenly Father also, he knows your needs. He knows all your needs. Sorry. Verse 33. So seek first the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. So what's our part in that? Seek his kingdom and to take his path of righteousness. And as we do that, we can expect God to just be there right alongside, just providing and giving us all the things that we need that take us into a blessed and flourishing and abundant life. I mean, we have that in Jesus already, but we want to walk in it. That's the thing about about our faith in God. Everything that God wants us to have, we already have in Christ. We already have it. But now we can walk in it. And so we make choices to walk in it. Living in God's way brings incredible blessing to our lives. Which is why God says, oh, oh, that you would choose life. If only we could see how much we are loved by our Heavenly Father. If only you could see how much he loves you. You young people here, if only you knew how much God loves you. He absolutely adores you. He is so for you, more than any human, even the greatest parent could ever be. God is so for you. He has a plan for your life. And the best thing you can do is just walk his plan. Just walk his way, and God will take you into his plan. He loves us, and he he just wants to bless our lives so it says in John chapter 10 verses 7 to 10 then Jesus said to them again most assuredly verily verily I say unto you the King James version most assuredly I say to you I am the door or the gate of the sheep all who ever came before me are thieves and robbers but the sheep did not hear them I'm the door the gate if anyone enters by me he will be saved he will go in and out and find pasture. The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. Again, can you hear the heart of God there? The heart of God is, I have come. Jesus is saying, I have come. I've been sent by the Father. And this is a massive thing that I'm going to do. I'm going to lay down my life for all humanity. But I have come that you may have life and have it abundantly. It's very clear here that Jesus didn't just come to save us and to, to kind of, you know, get us through life, but Jesus came to give us an abundant life. And that doesn't necessarily mean the things that we think of initially, like, oh, I'm going to have lots of money, lots of fame. 
um, and all of that stuff, because that's the way the world thinks. An abundant life in God is satisfaction, it's fulfillment, it's knowing him, it's, ha- it's, it's having his wisdom to build good relationships, it's having his wisdom to, to work as he wants us to work, it's having his wisdom to, to take, make the choices that he wants us to have. And that will lead us into that abundant life that he has for us. And the devil hates that. The thief comes to steal, kill and destroy That's the enemy's plan, but Jesus says, I came to give you life. Now, last week, we spoke about the key to choosing the path of righteousness is to love the Lord, obey him, and to commit yourself firmly to him. That's what it says in Deuteronomy. Love the Lord, obey him, and commit yourself firmly to him. And one of the pictures that we have in the Bible um, in Matthew chapter 11 is Jesus, that Strong, wise ox is, is a picture that Jesus paints of himself. Did you talk about that last week? Yeah, good. Um, so Jesus is a strong, wise ox. And he, um, he knows what he's doing. And he has great wisdom and he wants to share it with us. He has great strength and he wants to share it with us. He knows where he's going and he wants to help us to know where we're going as well. So the best thing we can do is come alongside him. He said, come to me All you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. So when you come to Jesus, we do that because we love him. And and then we strap ourselves to him. The the, the picture there is the the yoke, that wooden beam that goes across the neck of the older oxen and the younger oxen and, and keeps them connected together so that they walk together. I mean, being New Forest people, you know about this stuff, right? Because you've all got oxen in your gardens. And plows. <laughs> For those that don't know me, I did grow up in Blackfield and Hythe, so I know this stuff. We had oxen in our gardens growing up, obviously. <laughs> yeah. And I forgot what I was saying. Oh, yeah. And, and so we connect ourselves to Jesus. So um, loving God is, is coming to him. Obeying him is, is yoking ourselves to him or connecting ourselves to him. And then committing ourselves firmly to him is simply walking with him. Uh, and, and Jesus said, um, take my yoke upon you. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. In other words, when, when you come alongside Jesus, when, when, we, when we develop a, a deep and meaningful relationship with Jesus, then his strength becomes our strength. His wisdom becomes our wisdom, and we're able to take the path that he has for us. And the, th- the responsibilities that we have in life, the things that we're putting along behind us, the, the plow, you could say, it just becomes lighter. It becomes easier. Think, it just becomes more possible. Amen? Now, Psalm 23, talking about walking closely with Jesus, this gives us an amazing picture. Psalm 23, verses 1 to 6. The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. He lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. He renews my strength. He guides me along right paths, bringing honor to his name. Isn't that great to know? He guides us along right paths, bringing honor to his name. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I would not be afraid. For you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. You prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. You honor me by anointing my head with oil. My cup overflows with blessings. Surely your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life. And I will live in the house of the Lord forever. 
I just love the picture that that paints. You know, even when the path that we take is really tough, even when it's a valley experience, we find all that we need in Jesus, don't we? It says, I will not be afraid, for you're close beside me. In verse 5 there, you prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies, it says. And then it says, he anoints my head with oil. You know, oil in the Bible is, is a symbol of the Holy Spirit, of God, the Holy Spirit. And, and God, the Holy Spirit, wants to strengthen us. He wants to fill our lives with his power, with his wisdom, and with his strength. Okay? So, even when stuff's kicking off around us, you know, he, he prepares a table for us in the midst of our enemies. Even when stuff's kicking off all around us, we can know the power of God at work in our lives. We can know the power of the Holy Spirit at work in our lives. And all we have to do is ask. Because God is a loving Heavenly Father who when we come to Him and we ask for His Holy Spirit, um, he, Jesus gives the example, if a son asks his father for, for bread, the father doesn't give him a stone. And in the same way, um, when we come to God and say, God, please, I need you. I need your presence. I need your Holy Spirit at work in my life. God will give us what we ask for. He will fill us with his presence. He fill our lives with his presence. And, and then we have the wisdom and the strength that we need. Because the thing is, it's not by might and it's not by power, but it's by my spirit, says the Lord. That's how we as Christians um, can walk strong in God. I mean, you've got a lot of strength yourself, I have to say. You've got a lot of wisdom yourself, but there is nothing like the strength and the wisdom of God that comes by the Spirit of God. So that's good to know, isn't it? Another picture is, is the Jesus in John 15 talks about him being the vine and us being the branches. And he's the tree trunk, we're the branches. And when your life is connected to the tree trunk, which happens when you put your faith in Christ, when your life is connected to the tree trunk, then you have access to the life of the vine, the, the sap. Ooh, that was interesting. The sap, Dan, did you do a special effect then? The, the sap flows into these branches and, uh, and we experience the life-giving power of God. And that's when our lives become fruitful. Amen? So it's good to know because taking God's path for your life can be really tough. Does anyone know that? It can be really tough to go God's way when everyone else is going the world's way. My son, Corbin, who has just turned 18, understands that. He understands that it's really tough to go God's way. And has he always got it right? Nope. Did I always get it right? Nope. Um, does God give us another chance? Yep. And, and as his dad, I, I talk about Corbin a lot because like, he's such a big part of my life. And this is a whole stage of parenting that I just didn't know it was so difficult. Um, <laughs> like He's not difficult. He's amazing. But just adapting as a parent, because I'm one of those parents like I just, you know, I like everything just in place. <laughs> everything in place. And, and just when they get older, everything is not in place, is it? Everything is so out of place. And everything works according to their time scale and not my time scale anymore. So just prepare yourselves, parents. If you've got younger uh, people, things change. And that's okay. And we have to be okay with that, don't we? And adapt to that. Anyway, I'm learning. 
What am I talking about? Oh yeah, so taking God's path, it can be really hard sometimes. <laughs> Matthew chapter 7, verses 13 and 14. I've not got that much more to say. I'm just saying that so you don't get bored. Uh, enter by the narrow gate. This is what Jesus says. He says, enter by the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction. And there are many who go in by it. Because narrow is the gate and difficult is the way which leads to life. And there are few who find it. Well, thanks for that encouragement, Jesus. You know, the right path is often the hard path. Anyone know that? Yeah. Especially when everyone else is taking the easy path. You know, so often in life we find ourselves presented with two paths. The easy path. This is what I think it looks like. The easy path that everyone else is taking. So it's wide. Lots of space. It's smooth. It's straight. Downhill. Surrounded by trees and birds and lots of beautiful, enticing things. Lots of enticing things on the easy path. The sun's shining. There's lots of people on the same road as you. It's very popular. You're celebrated when you take that path, the easy path. And it, you, you fit in really well with everyone else. That's the easy path. But where does that lead? Well, at least the destruction, you know. And, uh, and, you know, if you never choose Jesus, that's, that's where that path leads. Um, and in this life, you know, even as a Christian, if you constantly make choices that take you away from God's way of living, then it's not a healthy path. It can be quite a destructive path. But this is what the hard path looks like, the one that we as Christians are meant to take. It's narrow. <laughs> it's bumpy. It's windy. Uphill. Goes through a wilderness sometimes. I'm not painting a great picture, am I? There's wild animals out to pounce on you. There's often nothing attractive or enticing about it. There's storm clouds above. It's lonely sometimes. Sometimes you feel isolated when you take God's path. Sometimes you feel very unpopular when you take God's path. But let me tell you something. When you take that path and you take that path and you take that path, you will be so blessed it it will turn into something that is an amazing path to take and it will take you into the purpose of God for your life that's the thing about that path says Proverbs 15 verse 24 says the way of life winds upward for you're very quick Christopher very very quick the way of life winds upwards for the wise that he may turn away from hell below so taking God's path for our lives is not easy. But, big but, it is possible. It's not easy, but it is possible. Amen? It is possible. You don't have to take the easy path. You don't have to take the path that everyone else is taking. It is possible to take the path of God. For your life. 1 Corinthians 10 verse 13 says, No temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to man. But God is faithful. He will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. But with the temptation will also make the way of escape that you may be able to bear it. So whatever temptation you face, there is a way of escape that God will provide for you. And let me encourage you. You will see such reward 
from taking that way of escape that God provides for you by saying no to the temptation. And, and the more you say no, the more you take God's path, you'll build a momentum in your life that takes you with power along the path of God for your life. It's a daily choice to take God's path. And you've got everything you need to take his path. You have the Holy Spirit at work in your life that even when you feel really weak, God comes and empowers you and gives you everything you need to take the path of God for your life. Amen? So it builds momentum. You know, momentum is, uh, what's the formula? Is speed or velocity times mass, right? Equals momentum. So it's that snowball. As a snowball starts rolling down the hill, it gets bigger and it goes faster and it gets bigger and it goes faster and it gets bigger and it goes faster and momentum builds. And that's when you make healthy choices for your life, when you make good choices, that momentum will build in your life and you will become unstoppable on God's path. You won't even notice it's a narrow path. You won't even notice that it's the unpopular path. You won't even notice that there's wild animals trying to pounce on you because you'll be speeding past them and they won't even have a chance. Amen? Amen. Okay, let me, last, last but one scripture. 1 Peter 2 verses 19 to, no, 1 Peter 2 verses 9 to 12. So as God's children, we're called to live differently to this world. We're called to be different. That's Okay. It's good. You are not like that, for you are a chosen people. Christopher. (laughs) But you are not like that, for you are a chosen people. He's playing with me, like his dad. You're a royal priest. You're a royal priest, a holy nation, God's very own possession. As a result, you can show others the goodness of God, for he called you out of the darkness into his wonderful light. Once you had no identity as a people... Now you're God's people. Once you receive no mercy, now you receive God's mercy. Dear friends, I warn you, as temporary residents and foreigners, pilgrims, sojourners, to keep away from worldly desires that wage war against your very souls. Be careful to live properly among your unbelieving neighbors. Then, even if they accuse you of doing wrong, they will see your honorable behavior and they will give glory, uh, give honor, glory to God when he judges the world. So when you go God's way, you bring glory to God. Also in John chapter 15, when Jesus is talking about being the vine and we're the branches. You know, when our lives bear fruit, in other words, when we live God's way and there's evidence in our lives of living God's way, that brings glory to God, Jesus says there. So... It's not only good for us to take God's path, but actually it's good for God's kingdom. It glorifies God's when we take God's path. God, when we take God's path. There's one God. Um, so I just want to finish by saying today is a new day. Amen? Today is a new day. You know, maybe you woke up this morning, you just felt rotten. Maybe stuff has got on top of you in life. Maybe you know that you are making choices that are taking you down a path that's really unhealthy for your life. Um, maybe you just know that there are things that you need to change in your life in order to, to get back on God's path as you know you should be. Um, you know, when you're a Christian and you're kind of living for God, but you're not really, you're kind of like on a path that's just like alongside God's path, but a little bit lower down the hill. And the view's not quite as good. But when you, when you take God's path for your life, when you, when you live in his ways, wow, what an amazing path. And the view is incredible. Um, 
just incredible. And God's like, that's what God wants you to experience. He wants you to experience his blessing and his abundance in your life. And, and, and that's how you do it. So, so today is a new day. Um, you might have stumbled on the path. You might have fallen away from God's path. Um, you might have deliberately taken another path that you just know wasn't God's way. Today, God says to you and to me, God says, choose life. Oh, that you would choose life. That's what God says to each one of us today. He implores us, take my path that will lead you into a blessed and abundant life. Lastly, Isaiah, this is the last one. Isaiah 43, verses 18 to 19 says, and I know I'm right over time. It says this, do not remember the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing, says the Lord. Obviously, he's speaking to his people that were, once in, that were in captivity. Um, but he's saying, I'll do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? <laughs> Love that. I will even make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. So we're talking about pathways. If your life feels like a wilderness, if it feels like a desert, God's saying to you today, I'm going to make a road in that wilderness. I'm going to make rivers in that desert. That you, that part of your life that just feels like so isolated, so alone, so like you've messed up big time. God's going to just put a river there. And you're going to jump in the river and suddenly you're going to find yourself just enjoying the life that God has for you. Amen. So I just want to pray. I want to pray uh, for every Christian in the room, first of all, that you would have just courage to take God's path, that, that you would know the Holy Spirit at work in your life, that you would know how to say no to the temptation, and that you would know how to say yes to taking God's path. Would you mind standing with me this morning? And let's just pray. Let's just spend a moment. Just, just, let's just wait on God. and um, Just lift your hands if you want to lift your hands. You know, that's just a sign of surrender. It's just saying, Lord, I'm a vessel. Just come and fill me with your Holy Spirit, even now. So, Father, thank you. Lord, thank you for Lord, my Christian brothers and sisters in this room. Lord, thank you. Oh, Jesus, thank you. Lord, that you love us so deeply and so immensely that you sent your Son. Thank you, Lord, that we're temples of the Holy Spirit. And that, Lord, you say that we should glorify you in our bodies because we're temples of the Holy Spirit. And, 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 Lord, that's the least we can do in the light of what you did, Jesus. Jesus, the, the, the highest price was paid, the shedding of your blood, your life laid down for humanity. And so we want to glorify you in our lives. And I pray, Father, that great courage would come upon every person in this room to live your way. I pray for every young person, especially every child, every teenager. Lord, I pray, Lord, that they would know, that they would know you, that they would know the power of your Holy Spirit in their lives, and that they would have the bravery, the audacity, the courage, the, the boldness, Lord, 
to say yes to going your way and no to going the world's way. I pray, Father, for every child um, that isn't here. Lord, every young person that isn't here today. Lord, that are maybe, maybe taking their own path, that, that have maybe wandered away from your path temporarily. Father, we just declare over every loved one, Lord, that is, has walked away from you. Father, we declare, Lord, that they will come back to your path and that they will live your way and that they will serve you wholeheartedly once again. Oh, God, we pray, Father, Lord, that the seed of your gospel that is in their hearts would just just germinate once again and just, oh, their lives, Father, would be overtaken with this desperation, Lord, to be back in your house, to be serving you once again. Oh, Father, thank you. Father, thank you that you fill us with your spirit. Lord, when we ask you, and we ask you right now, Lord, fill us with your Holy Spirit. Fill us, Lord. Fill us, empower us to be the people that you've called us to be. Empower us, Lord, to live your way. Lord, to go your way, to take your path. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. If you can just take your seats. I just want to pray for one other group of people. And I don't know all of you, and, and maybe everyone in this room has made a commitment to, to walking with God. But I just want to pray a prayer now that just enables you to, to make your peace with God. To, to accept what Jesus did when he died on the cross. So would you just bow your, your heads and just, just remember this as I pray. Um, that there is only one road that leads to true and eternal life, and that is, uh, that is through Jesus. It's access through, accessed through Jesus. And, and simply by putting your faith in Christ, it puts you on God's path. And God has a specific path for your life. We're going to hear about that next week when Dan speaks. God has a specific path for your life. There's things that God wants you to do with your life that, that you can only do when you wholeheartedly follow him. Let's just pray this prayer. Say, Dear Father, I accept that I cannot live up to your perfect standard and I repent of my sin. Thank you for sending Jesus to pay the price for my sin. I believe that you forgive me and make me new. I surrender to you. I want, you to, I want to take your path for my life. So please fill me with your Holy Spirit and empower me to live a life that honors you. Thank you for loving me. Amen. Okay, just with your heads bowed and your eyes closed, if anyone prayed that prayer this morning, um, we'd just love, I'd, I'd love to connect with you. I'd love to, to just uh, be able to talk to you afterwards. So would you just uh, raise your hand so I can just see who you are. If you prayed that prayer, you just made your peace with God. You've just settled things with God. There's a plan for your life. Anyone here today? The thing is, you can lift your heads as well now. The thing is, even without raising your hand, God heard your prayer. <laughs> okay? God heard your prayer. And if, if that's you today and, and you've, you've prayed that prayer and you've meant it with your heart, then just know that you have peace with God. And now, now walk his way. Take his path. <laughs> Take his path. And, and God's got good things in store. He's got good things in store for Family Church, for Waterside Congregation. Um, 
there's, there's so much. If, if we could only see what, what God had in store, I'm so excited about the future, what God's got for us. Amen? Amen. God bless you. Thank you.